But we are thankful that all of you are here, and I I know we are <coughs> growing ap apostolic legacy, and that means uh, hopefully for the future generations, and we are <coughs> constantly trying to uh, update and and. Uh, you know, bring our equipment uh, up to date. And I know we spent uh, a few thousand dollars this week on on uh, some microphones for here and, uh, and then a whole new sound uh, area down in the youth department. Uh, I appreciate all of our young people. I appreciate uh, Brother Nick and Sister Bree and others that are working down there and many of the <coughs> adults and we're trying to make it where they have uh, nice facilities and nice uh, equipment and uh, so forth and we spent uh, like I said probably right at $20,000 with the new wireless mics and uh, all the uh, updates and I know uh, sometimes for me, it's hard for me to think in terms of why some of that is, <clears throat> is so necessary. And uh, yet with uh, COVID, we saw uh, all the improvements that we had done uh, and the video and all of that. It was a good thing. The Lord honored us and we were uh, sort of uh, ahead of the ball game in, in so many respects. But I do appreciate, as I said, our young people and, and uh, we have been well, working and updating in the foyer and I know getting a little of the trim on, we're now in the slow process. I know this week there won't be much done here because of sweet corn, but we appreciate your patience and working with us and we're getting it. Uh, we're gonna try to get it all back in order. <clears throat> but good to have you here and uh, Good to have my dad here. He turned 89 this week, and and um, so he had him. And good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. And I, I, uh, I know, um, I, I, what I thought about today, preaching because I, I really felt something. Um, we have. Uh, some uh, cards that announce the East Brother Easter's revival in September. We have a blessing door hanger. These young folks are going to be going around uh, a couple of Saturdays after Labor Day and hanging some of those, but you can take some of those. We also have a little blessing card uh, that you can give to someone, put one in your uh, car, you go through a drive-through. Who knows? You're sowing the seed, but we're going to pray for these at the end of our service this morning. And so I, uh, we're just going to gather in. I, we have those. In fact, uh, they're wonderful because the printer still hasn't given me the bill. So we're praying. Oh, hi, Brother Josiah. Good to see you. Uh, he is able to do our printing. For us. But uh, anyway, uh, so we're praying for them uh, on credit. Isn't that great? So that's a good thing. But we're uh, going to ask the Lord to bless our effort as we sow the seed. And so I, I thought I would not go through the Lord's Prayer and teach all the prayer wheels and all of that's good, uh, uh, but yet just hit a couple of 
things that I think you need to be aware when you pray. Brother Nick alluded to it in the verse that he read today and, and Brother David Post on the lesson talking about the Word of God and dividing asunder, finding our motives, uh, finding what's going on. And I, I have a lot of verses and you may uh, want to uh, I, I can send you the slides or the whatever if you want to look through some of the verses later. But we are, uh, we want to learn how and know how to pray. And I know uh, we, we, this church prays. We have a Friday morning, early morning prayer. We have a Tuesday morning prayer for the ladies. We have prayer before service. And I know that's been hampered because our prayer room has been uh, sort of a mess. But individuals pray pray. Uh, we have a prayer line, a prayer alert, and we try to <clears throat> update folks when we have an emergency situation uh, that is, uh, happens in that we are praying. And, and I, we have a long prayer list. And I, I, one of the things that bothers me is when we take longer to read the list than we do to actually pray. And so that's why we try to give you a slip so that you can have it and we don't have to mention it every week so that we can go, ah, I can read this. There's usually, we update it once a month and we uh, make sure we try to have the month on it so you can throw your old one away and keep your new one or whatever. And we are, because we believe in prayer. And we believe that prayer works. And so I know this is a praying church and most of you are gonna go, wow, click, I can turn it off because I know how to pray. And I am thankful that you do. And I am thankful that we have so many great prayer warriors that are here and uh, in, in this church. And I, I realize that, you know, some people talk about, well, you, you know, you should intertwine your hands and you should open your hands and raise your hands. And, and uh, we have the folded hand emoji that people pray, you know, send. And I wonder if they actually pray, but that's neither here nor there. The point is whether you're on your face, whether you're near and we've had we have corporate prayer on the first Tuesday which will be uh, not this week but the next week on Tuesday where we come together and we pray and there are people that will walk and pray people that will kneel people that will sit people that will be in an all variety of, of uh, manners of uh, the, where they are doing their best to pray uh, worship uh, you know, uh, just having a, a way to, to uh, touch the Lord. And so <clears throat> we know there's the verses in Matthew and in Luke that where the disciples uh, came and asked the Lord this. I, I guess it, it's important that you realize, though, that in the first part of that verse it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place. What happens is, as you read, Jesus would get up and go and pray early in the morning. And I don't know, his disciples made breakfast or, or uh, they were sleepy heads. We know they fell asleep one time when he was praying. But finally, one of them said, we don't know how to do this, Lord. Teach us to pray. And then he gave the 
they said, well, John taught his disciples, and he said, when you pray, our Father which art in heaven. Everybody say that. And then it goes on. And most of us can say the Lord's Prayer. It's kind of a, a mixture of the Matthew and the Luke accounts. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, etc., etc., etc. And all of that is good. Forgive us our debts and forgive us our trespasses and uh, give us our daily bread and all of those. And, uh, and you can go through each every and every part of that prayer and take a moment and pray. <clears throat> but what I want to draw your attention to is as soon as he said these words, this formula, if you will, about praying, a formula that we will say, we will quote, we will, you know, <clears throat> repeat. He says these words. He says, which of you, having a friend, shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. And he goes through this story. The guy is sleeping. He has company come and he needs bread. And he tells the story. And most of you know the story where he then, he doesn't have any food in his pantry and someone came and knocked on his door. So he goes to his friend and he knocks on the door and says, hey, can you wake up? I need, I've had company come. I need some bread to give them. And the friend says, what are you doing? You know what time it is? This is nuts. Go to bed. Shut up. Boom, 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 boom. Knock on the door again. I really need food. I need to, you know, the nearest Kroger or whatever shut down. Walmart's closed, covid New hours, I can't get any food at midnight. Boom, 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 knocks on the door again. I don't know if he knew the guy had just made bread that day, he could smell it cooking. Or if the guy always keeps an extra three loaves of bread in his house. But the point was, Jesus tells this story and he says, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, the relationship was not enough to make him get up out of bed and give him bread. But, <laughs> let me show you, keep reading, and you all know the, the answer to this, but because of his and he uses the word in the old King's English, importunity, persistence, continual knocking, beating on the door, hollering at him. I don't know. Yet he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And Jesus said, and I say unto you, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. For as many that ask, receive. He goes through those words about praying. <clears throat> this is not the only other. There was another time later in Luke, the 18th chapter, 
when he uses, he opens the 18th chapter up with a parable and he gives a direction at the beginning of the parable. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he tells the story about the judge and he calls him an unjust judge he calls him a judge that didn't have any fear of God, neither feared man. He was uh, hard, harsh. He was brash. He didn't like, you know, he, he had, didn't want to be bothered. And there was a widow, a lady who had lost her husband. And he came and he, no doubt she asked him, he turns her away. And he turns her away, and he turns her away, and he tells the story. How many remember that story? And he keeps turning her away, but guess what she does? She keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. She won't stop. She won't stop. She won't stop. And finally, in the parable, Jesus said, because of this importunity, because she just bugs him enough, the judge finally avenges her. Now, the Lord goes on and says, nevertheless, I'm not an unjust judge. I will avenge you speedily. Yet, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? So here we have a, 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 an understanding that a few principles about prayer that Jesus taught. And I know uh, not to break down our Father, which art in heaven, our, not its collective. I'm glad I'm part of a body, glad I'm part of a church, glad I'm part of a church family. It's our Father, and et cetera, et cetera. But when you look here, there are some things that you have to have that are principles of prayer. And one is that you got to know who you're praying to. You got to know, okay. Who God is. If you don't believe in a God, and if you don't believe there is a God, it's kind of hard. You know, it's like the guy that's <clears throat> knocking on his neighbor's door. He knew that his neighbor had something that he could give him. <clears throat> Either he smelled bread or something. <clears throat> the judge... Why didn't she bug every man in town? Because the judge needed to be the one to avenge her. So the recognition of who God is in those parables, in those stories, he was called father, he was called judge, he was called king, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He was called friend. And so what are you saying? I am saying that at some point you've got to get a great understanding. That's what prayer, that's what even worship. And the reason I said prayer or worship, because prayer is an act of worship. For you to pray, you must humble yourself and say, Lord, I need you. I need something from you. You don't ask, you don't receive. You don't seek, you don't find. You don't knock, the door's not open. And I know I talked about 
many years ago, the progression. Asking is just verbal. It's not a big commitment. Seeking is a little more of a commitment. You have to go around and look. If you're looking for your keys, you're seeking, you're seeking, you're looking, you're moving. And, and you know, I've told you my own bias, and my family knows this. If, if I come in and everybody's sitting around and I say, has anybody seen my keys? Where are my keys? And if they all go, nope, haven't seen them, I start getting frustrated. Why? Because I'm wanting you to get up with me and start seeking. I didn't come to you the first moment. I've been looking myself. And now I'm needing help to look. <laughs> and they'll go, nope, hadn't seen them. And I'm going to go, ah. Oh. I want you to look. I want you to stand. I want you to move around. Of course, then I usually get back the question, where did you last have them? And it's always one of those questions like, oh, really? I'd just walk right over and get them if I knew that. But anyway, that's my own bias, you know. So uh, they've got me these little tile things, and I keep forgetting to put batteries in them. <laughs> so I can beep it. Tick, 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 tick. <clears throat> See, that's the next level of involvement, doing something. But then the final, last level is knocking. That's where you put your hand, you know, you're putting everything into it. You're actually knocking on the door. That's a whole nother level. <clears throat> the, the point of all of this is I realize that there are so many lessons in this, but the, the one I want you to understand is I got to know who God is. Nehemiah said, said it like this, and they had come back, and there was so much trouble, and you can read all in Nehemiah of all the problems, and Nehemiah said, stand up. Bless the Lord your God forever. Blessed be thy glorious name. Exalted above all blessing and praise. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven and the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth, all the things that are in, therein. All thou preservest them all. You preserve them all. The host of heaven worships thee. Thou, Lord, did choose Abraham. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not consume them, that nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty, the terrible, that keepest covenant and mercy, you got to realize I know who I'm asking. I'm talking to the great, the awesome, the mighty, the God, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, our Father. I'm not just speaking. Oh, I understand. I can ask my wife for something. I can ask my children. I can ask you to help me. But I'm talking to a guy that is able to totally change and heal. I'm talking to a guy that has spoke the worlds into existence. I'm talking to a guy who thought nothing about saying to the wind and waves, peace be still. That's the God that I'm talking to. Isaiah 
And I, I, I put some of these verses because we don't often talk about some of these. But Isaiah, who was going through the turmoil of, of the loss of, of a king and, and evil kings, and then he saw a vision of the Lord, and you can read they were in, in the, the nation was in its own set of terrible woes. In the 40th chapter, he says, you measured the water in the palm of your hand. In other words, the oceans are right here in God's hand. That's not very big. I flew for 15 hours over part of the Pacific and I didn't get from one thumb to the little finger all the waters. He said, all of heavens. I saw an article this day, uh, this week, about, you know, they sent a probe out into space into a black hole, and, and they can't believe it, but it's actually making noise. They thought this would be space, silent, nothing, but the whole, the, the, this black hole is going, almost like a whale sound going deep calleth unto deep and he says guess what the heavens measure a span that's from your elbow to your thumb all of outer space let me tell you how big God is our father he said all the dust of the earth is but a measure that's a handful all of the whole world you know and we sing the song he's got the whole world in it guess what that's how big God is. He's got the whole world in his hand. The mountains can be weighed, the hills. He directs, uh, you know, he says, uh, who is going to direct the spirit of the Lord? In other words, who thinks you're big enough to tell God anything? We're not, we just come in. He said, who do you want to take counsel? Who can instruct him? Who taught him the path of righteousness? Who taught him knowledge? Who, who, can, who can, you know, and yet sometimes when I pray, I find myself, you know, Lord, you need to do this, and Lord, you need to do that, and Lord, you, you know what? Just the very fact that I have a chance to have an audience with the king, I can't tell the Lord anything. I can humbly ask. I can say, Lord, I need you. He says the nations are but a drop in a bucket. He says... Behold, the small, uh, they are counted as small dust of the balance. The isles, the beasts, are, are, there's not enough animals for burnt offerings. All the nations are nothing, less than nothing. To whom will you liken God? To whom will you compare him? Have you not known? Have you not heard from the beginning that it is he that sits on the circle of the earth? Wow, that's an amazing verse in the fact that he was saying the earth was round all the way back, you know, uh, over 3,000 years ago. He was saying, you know, this thing is, is a, a circle. He said, and at that time, everybody thought it was flat. But you know what? And, uh, somehow, under revelation of the Lord, he was pinning these words. He said, the circle of the earth. What are you talking about? I'm talking about we are like grasshoppers. The heaven is like a curtain. I want you to no, when you pray, you're praying to an awesome God. The 46th chapter 
Remember this. Oh, you transgressors, bring it to your mind. He says, you need to keep thinking about this. How the former things of old, I am God, there is none else. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, the ancient from uh, the things that are not yet done. My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. I command birds. I command countries. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen to our economy. I don't know what's going to happen to Ukraine. I don't know what's... Let me tell you something. God's not out of control. We pray. We're talking to the God that can cause the ravens to fly. He is able to cause... I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will do it. Daniel prayed like this. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. He was told he is able to change the times and the seasons. Oh, I know. Oh, the world, we're having climate change. Let me tell you something. God could change it all. I'm not trying to say we pollute and act crazy, but what I'm telling you is the God I serve is big enough. He could flip, you know, this could be the summer for us. And the way, oh, I don't know. It's the rotation of the earth. He can't do anything about it. He removes kings. He sets up kings. He gives wisdom and knowledge. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. The light dwells with him. And as Brother David read this morning, this word of God opens us up. Not only do you have to know who you're talking to, but you have to know his nature. Who is this guy? His, the one guy that knocks on the door thought his friendship would be enough to get his buddy. But guess what? He didn't know the nature of his friendship. The guy was like, yeah, I'm a friend, but I'm not getting out of bed for you. I mean, I like you all that, but don't ask me to get out of bed late at night. I'm, I'm not putting myself out that much. Now, you may say, well, that wasn't much of a friend, but the Bible uses the word friend and friend, and he speaks to him back as friend. And yet, this, the one guy that knocked on the door thought, oh, because he's my friend, and he addresses him, hey, friend. Have you ever had somebody you thought was a friend till you ask him to do something, and then you find out, wow, that's, our friendship is good, but that's where it stops. Huh? And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I realize you got to draw boundaries and, you know, People can take advantage, and I'm not, I'm not advocating giving them everybody your wallet, but, but you understand the nature. In fact, what the nature was of the judge was he was unjust who didn't fear God. But Jesus said because 
They just kept knocking and they kept going. Finally, it wore down their nature. But Jesus had told in the parable, I'm not that unjust judge. I will answer you speedily. And, and that's why in Luke, he said, fear not. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I want to do for you. I, I know the enemy will tell us when, when, when things don't get answered immediately that God is mad and God doesn't like us and then we spend all of our time praying and repenting and it's not bad to repent but we start begging God and oh God I'm sorry when we need to recognize let me tell you something the Lord wants to give me the Lord is gracious full of compassion slow to anger full of great mercy he's good to all his tender mercies are over all our works. That's who God is. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and down from the Father of lights within whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. And this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we have what we petition, we desire. Not only are we talking to the king of the universe, but we're talking to someone who loves us and wants to give to us, wants to do for us. In fact, the Old Testament has said the eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro, looking throughout the whole earth, showing, wanting to show himself strong on behalf of someone whose heart is perfect. In the middle of lamentations, which is the word lamentations means crying and sadness and woe and trouble. Jeremiah wrote, this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is thy Have you ever relied on that more than once? That's why Jesus, not only in this chapter, but back in the prayer chapter, he said, which of you, like a dad, if your child came and asked for bread, would you give him a stone? Which of you, if your family came and wanted an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Which of you, if they came and they said, would I, could I have a fish, would you give them a serpent? If you knowing how to give, you are evil. He said, you being evil know how to give good gifts. How much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask? Over in Isaiah, the 40th chapter where we read before, it talks about the Lord being our shepherd. Psalms, the 23rd chapter, and David repeatedly talked about the Lord as my shepherd. The Lord cares for me. Jesus referred to himself in the New Testament as gathering the little children and, and, and allowing women to touch him and pleading for uh, a child that had died 
outside and uh, allowing a Gentile soldier to talk to him. And those that were hungry, he fed them. And the tax collectors and the blind and the lepers and all those that were had dead, the dead girl. He did all of this. He was touched. And I want you to know, not only is he the God of the universe, but he is a God that loves us and cares for us and wants to do for us. What a privilege. What a privilege, his attention, and to be able to think that I can receive a miracle. I mean, I, I know. I, I, what, what an amazing, I guess maybe could talk about how powerful it is to have someone that loves you, that is in a place where they can give not only knowing the nature of God, but then the, the need for consistency and persistence and sustained praying and continual asking. And I know we pray and we pray and oh, we pray and we pray and we pray and people send in a request and we pray and we pray. And why are you doing all this praying? Because there's something to it when you just pray you just keep praying. Okay? The key to that was all these parables, but not only that, in Acts the 12th chapter, remembered Herod went on a rampage and he kills James, the brother of John, with a sword. And the Jews got excited, so he picked up Simon Peter. And you know what the Bible says? that they, he brought Simon Peter to the prison and put four squads, quatrains of soldiers around him. And guess what the church did? Sent out a petition. Knocked on Herod's door. No. Might have been good, but they didn't feel like they could get much out of Herod. But they somehow on some level, thought, let's try praying about it. Now, the reason why I said on some level is because I don't, when I read this story in Acts, the 12th chapter, I'm not real sure they had a lot of faith in their praying. You remember the story? Simon is asleep for squads, Quatrains of soldiers, the angel of the Lord wakes him up, knocks the chains off, opens the doors, knocks the guards out. Simon comes walking out. He's dazed. He's on the street, goes past the last gate. Now what do I do? So he thinks, well, I'm going to go where the last, where we were meeting at church. And he walks down the road, knocks on the door. Remember the story? Rhoda. Young lady, servant lady comes, goes through the peephole. Ah! Huh? Leaves the door locked, runs back in. Oh, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. It's Simon Peter out here. And yet the Bible says 
The church was praying, prayer was made without ceasing of the church of, unto God for him. And you know how they responded to Rhoda? You are nuts. If it's not your nuts, you've seen a ghost. That means they killed him tonight. And guess what Simon's doing the whole time? And finally somebody says, I wonder who that is at the door. They're arguing about whether Rhoda has lost her mind and the answer to prayer was at the door. What are you saying? They open it, they let her, that's why I said I'm not sure they had a whole lot of faith in their prayers. Because when the answer came, they were leaving him out in the street. Psalms, the 18th chapter. David starts it by saying, I've had the sorrows of death, floods of ungodly men, sorrows of hell, snares of death. In my distress, I called unto the Lord. He heard my voice, and he goes through, and he goes through powerful words. Read it in Psalms, the 18th chapter. He thunders from the heavens. He goes from the many waters. He talks about all of that. Habakkuk prayed. He says, though nothing seems to happen, yet I'm going to rejoice. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord will lift me up high places. Romans talks about Abraham staggering not at the promises of God but giving glory to God. He kept worshiping, kept praying. When you consistently keep praying, keep worshiping, regardless of what the answer is, you're in good company. That's like you're putting it with passion. There's the fire of the Holy Ghost. The prayer is like the incense. Remember Psalms 141, let my prayer be as incense. Revelation, the eighth chapter, that angel takes the incense. What, what are you saying? We pray in here. We pray on Tuesday. We pray on uh, corporate prayer. We pray once a month. Tuesday, the ladies are praying. Friday morning, praying before service. What are you doing all that for? We come in and we worship and we worship and we dance and we shout and we worship. Why? Because it's that continual, persistent asking God. I haven't seen the answer yet, but I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. Brother David has these. You can come out here, Brother David, and start putting them. You say, why, why is that so important? Let me show you one, one set of verses in Numbers, the 16th chapter. Probably some of you, and you can take some of these. We, we're going to pray for them, but then if you want to take some announcements, you can. If you want to take some blessing. They're not paid for anyway. <laughs> I'll tell the guy that, I'll say, I, I never got any. They're all gone. I don't know what you're talking about. Numbers, the 16th chapter, tells a story 
That is why we pray. You remember, prayer is like a golden censer, incense, fire. The children of Israel got to feeling sort of their Wheaties and Korah and some. Why, why do you think you're so holy? What do you, why, why are you doing this? Or you think you're better than everybody else? You think you're holy and we're not holy? You think you're... That, that's what was going on in number 16. Nobody here said anything like that, but I'm just saying they got this attitude going. It's easy to get an attitude, especially if you're in the wilderness. And they started rebelling. And when they came against Moses, do you know what Moses' first response was? Hey, look, I'm the guy that got you guys out of Egypt. I was up here doing, and you don't have any right to talk to me this way because if you knew who I, you were talking to, I went all the way back down. He started mouthing back at him. Not so. That's how I respond. You know what Moses did? Oh, God, forgive them. Oh, God, forgive them, Lord. Oh, God, be merciful. Somebody says something, does something to me, my first response is to get my back up. Huh? What should my first response be? Oh, God. Even though Moses was praying, God got angry and he just went and opened the ground and those guys fell into the earth and were killed. They left their censers around. Moses said, get their censers, bring it to the ark of the covenant and let's nail those censers on the outside of the mercy seat so that people realize how vital it is to have the right attitude in your worship, in your prayer, an attitude of humility. I don't pray because I'm better than anybody else or I pray because I have more or no more. I pray because I need God, the God of all creation. It's not, well, we're better. I'm better than ever. Oh, it has nothing to do with I'm better. It's I'm high in need. God. Believe it or not, the children of Israel got angry because their princes and leaders had been killed. And they went to Moses and said, you killed them. Now, you would have thought if the earth swallowed them up and they thought Moses was the one that did it, they would have been a little more respectful. I would have thought I would have been. Wow, you swallowed them up? I'm not going to point my finger at you. But they did. The people got mad. They pointed their finger at Moses. And you know what Moses said? You know what Moses' response was? 
Aaron, priest, run to the tabernacle and pray. Get your censer, the fire from the altar. Get some prayer and incense in it. But don't stay in the tabernacle. Take that censer and start walking through the people. Why do we have our moment in service where we are worshiping and praising and praying is so that somehow when we walk through the people, we can stop the plague because immediately the plague started moving. Read the last couple of verses there. And Moses said unto Aaron, take the censer, put fire from off the altar, put on incense, go quickly into the congregation and make atonement for them. For there is wrath God from the Lord. The plague is begun. I'm going to tell you something. The wrath, the tribulation wrath isn't yet on us. But the Lord, you can feel. You think you feel frustrated? You know what the Lord is feeling? Oh, if there was ever a moment for us to run quickly into the midst of the congregation and say, let me tell you how great God is. Let me tell you what God is able to do for us. Let me tell you how God is able to touch. What are you doing? I'm trying to stop the plague. We're trying to stop the plague from as many people. What do you, what do you mean? He says, the plague was begun. He put on incense, made atonement, and he stood between the dead and the living. Over 14,000 died. But there were people that were praying. I know. I don't know. I, and I realize some people will say, pray for my cousin, and I don't know who your cousin is. They'll give us a name, and we'll put them on the prayer list. What are we trying to do? We're trying to stop the plague. Huh? Stop the plague. Why? That's, that's what it's all. We've, we've been praying. We're trying to stop the plague. I, thank you. I, I know. A long lot, lot teach us to pray. Oh, Lord, don't ever let us stop praying. Don't let us stop praying. I know I, it, it, it can be frustrating. I'm not, I, and I, we, we're, we're always working on a solution to how to, you know, lower where we can give you the request. But let me tell you, that's not an indication that you need to stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Why? Because we're the only thing that's standing in the gap for a lot of folks. I know we're going to the Sweet Corn Festival. I know there are going to be other church groups there. I know there are going to be other groups there. But you know what? I'm hoping that we stand between the dead and the living. Have a Take a blessing card. We'll have one. What are you doing? I want you to know how powerful God is. I want you to know you can be the Lord. I have, I have a direct line to the big guy. And that's not Joe Biden. <laughs> to the big guy, the real big guy. Oh, 
Let's stand. In fact, let's do that. Let's just come. You don't have to touch him. You can lay. But I want you to come in close. We're going to stretch your hand. I know we've got even door hangers that we, we, we're going to be passing. But I want you to come. What are we doing? We're going to pray. Tonight, worship. Whether it's with passion, put a little fire in it. What are you doing? I'm trying to pray because I want to take my censer and somehow walk through the congregation, through the host, and say, Lord, you are able. You are able to touch. You are able to heal. You are able to deliver. Hallelujah, hallelujah.